0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher. I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love trading drafting scouting managing all of my teams 365 days a year so do you so let's talk some dynasty thanks for the week off last week had some good time with some family as well as getting some much needed covid break at a lake house Um, but here's what we got in store two weeks later here on episode number 98 i'm titling this podcast this player is next year's blank this player is next year's blank every season unexpected players break out Their dynasty value increases significantly, right? Um, It's crucial as dynasty owners to pay attention to these players and evaluate what actually caused their sudden rise so that we can better predict players that we think will do the same thing in the year to come. So this week I looked back at the quarterback and running back positions to evaluate which players had surprisingly successful years and why they did so well. I took what I learned and looked for players that I thought could do something similar this year based on their talent as well as based on their situation as it compares to the guys who broke out last year. So I've got five of them for you here, and let's start with the quarterback position. I'm going to say Kyler Murray is this next year's Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray is this year's Lamar Jackson. At the end of the 2019 season, Lamar Jackson was my 18th ranked quarterback. So when we were kind of doing startup drafts last you know, spring, he was my 18th ranked quarterback. He became the starter midway through that uh, 2018 season, after Baltimore's bye week, and uh, ended his rookie season averaging 20 fantasy points per game in those last eight games of the season, including the playoffs. I was very skeptical of the offense they were building around him, so I kept him ranked as my QB2, as a QB2 rather, ranking him 18th, actually behind the three other rookies, Baker Mayfield, who I had ranked 6th at the time, Sam Darnold, 13th, and Josh Allen, 17th, just ahead of, uh, of Kyler Murray. By the end of the 2019 season, however, Jackson, of course, far surpassed all of them. And he's now my second ranked quarterback behind only Patrick Mahomes, as it is probably for most analysts. Here's the thing though Baltimore built their offense scheme around Jackson. And then this offseason, into 2019's offseason, they added weapons, drafting Marquise Brown, in, and then in free agency, uh, picking up Mark Ingram. And of course, their tight end, Mark Andrews, finally had his breakout season. And all this resulted in Baltimore becoming the highest scoring offense in the league last year. Incredible. Jackson actually increased his completion percentage from 57% to 64%, something that happens a lot between year one and year two from quarterbacks. So from 57% to 64% last year, and his fantasy points went up from 20 points a game in 2018 to 28 points a game in 2019. His historic season and the rise of his dynasty value are not likely to be repeated in 2020 by a player in 2020. It was just too ridiculous of a rise for Lamar Jackson. But I do think there's one obvious comparable candidate who could come close to doing something similar. That, of course, would be Kyler Murray. Unlike Jackson, Kyler Murray was a starter for all 16 games his rookie season and finished the season as the seventh highest scoring quarterback. I could argue that he's already made the jump that Jackson made last year since he's already sixth ranked uh, sixth by my uh, dynasty rankings already, but there are a few similarities in the situation that make me think that his dynasty value could increase even more than the number six position as I have him right now. Like Jackson last year, Murray has new weapons in Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins added to the team. Of course, Drake was at the end of last year, DeAndre Hopkins this offseason added to the team. Murray's uh, completion percentage was already the same as Jackson's after uh, year one. He had 64% completion. While few quarterbacks in the in the NFL actually exceed 65% by very much, even a slight inc- increase in his completion percentage could lead to increased fantasy points, of course. And most second-year quarterbacks do improve significantly from year one to year two, particularly in that completion percentage part. Secondly, uh, Murray is a second, he was second in the NFL in rushing yards for a quarterback. 544 yards, of course, behind only uh, Lamar Jackson, who had over 1,200 yards rushing. Pretty ridiculous, including the playoffs, I guess I should say. He'll never uh, run to the degree that Jackson does, but he should continue to be among the top two or three leading rushing quarterbacks for many years to come. I don't see why he wouldn't. And so, what that does, of course, it results in those kind of hidden fantasy points that dynasty owners love. So, Murray's the player that I could see making a 2019 Lamar Jackson-like move in this next coming year at the quarterback position. Next 4 I'm going to talk about are from the running back position. First, I would say that Jordan Howard could be this year's Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, of course, had the second best year of his nine-year career last season after signing with Baltimore in free agency during the offseason. He was handpicked by Baltimore to fill a very specific role in the new offense that they were building around Lamar Jackson. Like I said, before the 2019 season, Ingram was a 34th ranked running back in my rankings. So if you were you know doing startup drafts in 2019, before the season started, he was ranked number 34 for me. But this year he finished the season as the eighth ranked running back in fantasy points. So 34th ranked in dynasty value, but he finished the season as eight, um, he did this uh, largely because he had 10 rushing touchdowns on the ground and five more pass touchdowns um, on passes, and, uh, though he only actually had 26 total receptions, so that's pretty ridiculous. He scored five touchdowns on 26 receptions, of course, making him 20% of his catches turned into touchdowns. He averaged less than 13 touches per game, which is pretty crazy, and he played less than 50% of the snaps at Baltimore, yet he still finished as eighth-highest-scoring running back last year. Pretty incredible for the efficiency that Mark Ingram had. The lack of touches and his touchdown dependency and his age being that he's 30 meant that his dynasty value really didn't rise much during the season. And then, of course, this offseason when Baltimore drafted J.K. Dobbins in the second round, Ingram's dynasty value dropped even more. He's currently my 44th-ranked dynasty running back, so he's moved back 10 spots from where he was about this point last year for me. That's because I have KJ uh, J.K. Dobbins ranked number 10 already as a rookie running back. It was an incredible year for Mark Ingram, uh, but he will likely be replaced by the middle of this upcoming season by Dobbins. I could see something very similar to what happened to him happen to this next player that I mentioned, Jordan Howard, in the next year, in 2020, as well as the offseason of 2021. Like Ingram, last year, Jonathan Howard was signed as a free agent uh, this offseason. Miami signed him to a two-year contract, And they did not draft a rookie running back like most suspected, but they did, of course, trade for Matt Breida in the draft. I do know that Howard will split time with Breida, much like Ingram did in Baltimore last year with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. But Howard is going to get all of the goal line carries. I'm convinced of that, and I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. In fact, last season in Philadelphia, before getting injured, he was on pace to score 10 rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns, which would have put him very close to Mark Ingram in total points last year, so he would have been probably in the top 12 if he kept up that pace. Depending on Tua Tungleloa's health, of course, Howard could be paired with a very young athletic quarterback, just as Ingram has with uh, Lamar Jackson. And even if Tua is not ready to start the season and Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, he's proven capable of moving this offense and creating many scoring opportunities for Howard. I really believe that Howard is the perfect running back two to put on your starting lineups, which is why I ranked him as Really, right now, he's my 24th-ranked dynasty running back. However, I do fear that Miami could draft a running back in the 2021 NFL draft, and what happened to Ingram's dynasty value after a really great, uh, efficient year with touchdowns could happen again uh, to Howard were they to draft someone. But I, I, I trust Jordan Howard to score a lot of touchdowns and be very efficient this year on the Miami offense. Next player, I'd say Joe Mixon. As this year's Aaron Jones. I predict that Joe Mixon will be this year's Aaron Jones. Here's what I mean. In his third year, Aaron Jones scored almost twice as many fantasy points as he had in in a season in his career. Young career, of course. Jones ended 2018 very strong, poising himself to be like the leading running back in 2019. So before the 2019 season, I had him ranked as my number 26 dynasty running back. Now he's actually ranked number 13, so he moved up quite a bit. He firmly established himself as the leading running back in Green Bay, Uh, receiving 64% of the snaps last year. He had 236 carries and 49 reception. But his fantasy value, of course, was really bolstered by his 19 touchdowns. Ridiculous. 16 on the ground and three through the air. Green Bay's first-year head coach, Matt LaFleur, changed the offense quite a bit by running the ball more and not relying on Aaron Rodgers to do everything for the team. They were much criticized, of course, 2020, draft seems to indicate that they want to do this even more since they did not draft any wide receivers and they drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round. I do believe that Jones will be the leading back for Green Bay this next year, but they may choose not to sign him to a long-term contract at the end of the season unless he can play as well or better than he did this last year. I think something very similar could happen to Joe Mixon this year. So Joe Mixon was drafted the same year as Jones, but in the second round compared to the fifth round like Jones was, uh, his draft capital led him to be led him to a starting role his rookie season, and he's maintained that starting role ever since, and he's finished the year this last year as the 12th highest scoring fantasy running back at the end of the season. He's kept his dynasty value throughout his career uh, before last season, so if you were doing a startup draft in 2019 before the season started, I had him ranked as my 10th ranked dynasty running back. Now I have him ranked 9th, so it's been pretty consistent but I really believe this year he will take a big jump in his dynasty value and cause Cincinnati to sign him to a long-term contract. Like uh, Green Bay, Cincinnati also added a new head coach last year in Zach Taylor, but unlike Green Bay, Cincinnati struggled a lot last year until about week nine after their bye week, after which uh, the offense seemed to get on track, resulting in an explosive end of the season by Mixon, who averaged almost 19 fantasy points per game his last eight games. And during the first eight games of the season, Jones averaged 12.6 carries per game, but after the bye, he averaged 22.1 carries per game. Ridiculous. 12.6 carries per game. After the bye, 22.1 carries per game. And then all of his five rushing touchdowns came during that stretch of games. So I really believe that Mixon will have 15 or more touchdowns this year, just like Jones did this last year. I think Coach Taylor has finally started utilizing Mixon in the offense, and their offensive line will be healthy this season, and they have rookie quarterback Joe Burrow to lead the offense. Uh, Mixon can't afford to hold out like he's threatened to do uh, for a new contract because given the new CBA restrictions that fine players for holding out, he's not going to hold out. His best shot in a new, new deal is to have the best year of his career, and I think he will. Next uh, two left here, we have Leonard Fournette is this year's Derrick Henry. I think Leonard Fournette will be this year's Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry was a player that I was fading a lot at the end of the 2018 season, as were a lot of other uh, dynasty analysts. His ridiculous games in week 15 and 16, which of course is the fantasy playoffs, seemed like a fluke compared to the inconsistency that he had throughout the year. At the end of 2018, he was my 19th ranked dynasty running back, far lower than some other dynasty owners valued him. And so in the only league where I owned him, I actually traded him for a first round pick after that 2018 season, which netted me Debo Samuel in that first round. While I do love Debo Samuel, and he did have a great rookie season this last year, I wish I could take that trade back because Henry proved me wrong last year by leading the league in rushing and ending the season as the fourth highest scoring running back while only catching 23 passes. That was part of my reason I didn't like him because he didn't catch passes, but he only got 23 passes and still finished as the RB4 at the end of the season, I'm also encouraged that Tennessee signed him to a long term deal this offseason, something I thought that would never happen, after, especially after they gave him 303 carries in his contract year. Uh, they may try to lessen his load next season since now they actually do have him signed for a four year contract, try to keep him a little bit healthier, and they drafted a great change of pace running back in Darrington Evans. Still, he made a big jump from last year, and now he's my 12th-ranked Dynasty running back, so he's moved up from 19 to 12 in one year for me. And I really think Leonard Fournette has a chance to do something very similar in what is his contract year this year. Leonard Fournette, of course, last year scored uh, most his most fantasy points of his career, uh, even though he only had three touchdowns, three for the entire year. His surprising 76 catches were really what boosted his point totals. He proved that he could be a three-down back, even if it doesn't look very pretty sometimes, and he also answered the injury questions by staying healthy all season. Now, i got to admit, there are character questions. They do remain, as do trade rumors. Those remain. But these are just more reasons why. If he stays on the team, Jacksonville needs to run Fournette into the ground this year by giving him something similar to, to Henry's 300 carries last year. He was close enough already last year. He had 265 carries. I see them bumping that up to more like 300 to run him into the ground, or... If Fournette can get his attitude right and even find financial motivation to get a new contract this year, he'll play like Derrick Henry did last year and cause the Jaguars to re-sign him gladly, just like Tennessee did with Henry. So like Henry, after his 2018 season, Dynasty analysts are really dropping Fournette down their rankings. I've seen that, and I have as well. I currently have as my number 17th ranked running back. But he's one that I would not be surprised if he has a super season, signs a new contract in the off season, that he moves right back up into the top 12 again next year. He definitely has the talent to do it. And finally, I would say that Brian Hill is this year's Austin Eckler. This is kind of the biggest stretch, so hear me out, though. After a decent but not spectacular 2018 season behind Melvin Gordon, I had Eckler ranked as my dynasty running back number 54. It was actually three spots behind Justin Jackson, who played really well at the end of the 2018 season and caused some uncertainty as to who would actually be the number two back in Los Angeles in 2019. Gordon, of course, held out to start the season in 2019. Jackson got injured, and that's when Eckler just ran away with the job, finishing the season as the number 6th highest-scoring running back. Amazing. Even after Gordon came back and ended his holdout. Eckler signed a four-year contract this offseason, and Gordon signed with Denver in free agency, so he is the RB1 for the Chargers for the next four years, I believe. He did lose Philip Rivers, who loved to, uh, to check down passes to the running backs, which is where Eckler really accumulated all of his fantasy points. He scored twice as many many points receiving in half PPR than he did running. So two times as many scores in the passing game than he did in the running game. So Rivers' departure does make a difference, but the coaching staff knows how to use Eckler best, and Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert will continue to target him in the passing game, and while his rushing attempts should actually increase significantly now that Melvin Gordon is gone. I right now have Eckler ranked as my number 16 dynasty running back. So that's up 38 spots from where I had him at this time last year. I'm not sure anyone can make that kind of jump. That's a pretty huge jump, 38 spots. But if I were trying to find a situation and a similar player, I would look to Brian Hill. I said Eckler was a a UDFA, undrafted free agent out of Western Colorado, a program, of course, few people have heard of. But he beat out Justin Jackson, whom the Chargers drafted, uh, a year after signing Eckler as a UDFA, Brian Hill is some, something somewhat similar. He was drafted in the fifth round by Atlanta out of Wyoming, another small program, where he had an outstanding sophomore and junior seasons, averaging more than 1,700 yards rushing a year. Incredible production, even though it was at a small school. But here's the deal: even though Atlanta drafted him, he played his first year with Cincinnati after they signed him off Atlanta's practice squad. He only played his last four the last uh, four games of the year for the Bengals before Atlanta signed him back on their team the next year, where again, he only had carries in the last four games of the year for Atlanta. But in one of those games, however, he ran for 115 yards, showing enough promise to stay with the team the next year in 2019. And like Eckler, he had to compete with other players that were drafted by the team. So they drafted Edo Smith in 2018 and Quadre Allison in 2019, but still last year he had more snaps than each of them. In this offseason, he signed a two-year contract after being tendered by the team, showing that they actually wanted to keep him. So I believe that Atlanta wants Hill to be the primary backup to Todd Gurley, who signed this off season after being cut by the Rams. And of course, Gurley is, uh, has a pretty extensive injury history himself and was only signed to a one year contract, meaning Hill has the opportunity to do what Eckler did in his third year as a pro. He can outperform Gurley and sign a long-term contract with the same team next year. This prediction is the least likely of the scenarios, I believe, to happen, Um, but uh, least likely that I've actually uh, talked about today. But the situation is as close to Eckler's as Hill's. And in Hill's college production, while at a smaller school, it makes me want to bet on him. And I put my money in my mouth because I've drafted him late in my most recent startup draft, and I drafted him with the last pick of a rookie slash free agency draft. You know, those rookie drafts where you're allowed to just pick up free agents as well. I picked him up with my last pick of a draft and a rookie draft this year too. And so I put my money where my mouth is on this. Hope this has been fun for you. Next week, I'm actually gonna do uh, tight ends and wide receivers. It's really helpful for you to look back at you know what happened the previous year. Think about the outliers and players who made a tremendous change in their value. What were the situations and circumstances behind it? And then start to do some thinking about who are the players we think could do that this next year. If you disagree with me or you have any other ones, I would love for you just to send me an email and let me know. We can have a little dialogue about it. I'd appreciate you kind of giving your guesses as to who you think this guy will be next year's so-and-so. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening and make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks.com. That's Dynasty Freaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so please email me. I'd love to correspond with you. I'd be honored if you'd take the time to rate and review the podcast in Apple iTunes. That would mean a lot to me and would help other people find this podcast. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league.